Hello, and welcome to episode 214 of the End Focus podcast. I am your irregular host, Andrew Brown, and we are joined this week by our regular co-host, Sylvia Wassenaar. Hello, hello. And Rosalie, the little record girl. Hello. This will be our last regular episode for this year, so let's go ahead and jump in with our latest news and what we played this week, starting with the news. First up, Fuser, the uh, latest music rhythm quote-unquote game from Harmonix is going to be delisted on December 19th, and all of its online features will be disabled. If you currently own Fuser, you will still be able to download it and continue to play it, but you won't be able to download any more DLC, and you won't be able to play it online. Sylvia was the one of our of our panelists who played Fuser. How are you feeling about this? Um, a little disappointed, but I did see this coming sooner rather than later. It's such a niche sort of game. It really does require like some sort of intimate knowledge of how music works. Nothing too in depth, but enough that it's probably putting a lot of people off, or they're getting it or trying it in a, like a demo, or whatever, and just going, "I don't understand this," and just not getting into it. It was also very hard. One of my gripes with it is that it's really hard to get like five stars in each of the campaign levels. And as someone who really liked to try and get those and just couldn't, no matter how many times I replay the level. And it just also forced you to make these awful songs with songs that maybe you don't like that much. <laughs> yeah, there were a lot of meme songs in there, seems like. Maybe that's how you yeah. get, maybe that's how you get players to play your music games. You got to have that music in there, but it just yeah. didn't feel much like a game, more like a toolbox. Uh, yeah, there was the online stuff, but I never touched it because mm. that's not how I want to enjoy music. I like it, it's such an intimate experience for me. Do you think also the people that would play it are more than likely to have their own actual decks where there's kind of more freedom, so they might as well just play the real thing in some. Respects. Yeah, it looked fantastic. It played great, but who was it for? Yeah. It was like a whole bunch of effort towards a very small amount of people that would actually really <laughs> appreciate this, and they did. I, I've been on the Fuser subreddit for a good while. There's people always talking about it, and yeah, it just didn't have broad appeal, I guess. It is interesting. It's getting delisted so fast. I mean, Rock Band is still hanging in there. You can still buy all the DLC for Rock Band. That thing's f coming up on fifteen years old now. So, yeah, I, I wonder how much the uh, obsolescence was built into the licensing in this product compared to what they did with Rock Band. There's Rocksmith as well. Oh yeah, Rocksmith. Well, that's more like yeah. a guitar tutorial game, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Well, you can. It teaches you how to play your guitar, but it's like it's like Guitar Hero and Rock Band, but it, it acts you actually use your guitar or your bass. Yeah, it was like gamifying yeah. lessons. Yeah. Um, I think also Harmonix was acquired by Epic Games. Um, oh yeah, they were. I completely forgot about that. Yeah, me too. Until just now. So I'm wondering if maybe their focus is going to be diverted as well, or integrated into Fortnite, like everything else is. <laughs> Fortnite music mode. That wouldn't <laughs> surprise me, actually, at all. Yeah, well, Fortnite likes to do a lot of live concerts. Yeah. Or just music-themed events. I feel like that's why Epic acquired them. 
whether they're working on something that'll be unveiled in Fortnite. You know, it was, I was half joking when I said that. I, I could very much <laughs> see it really happening. It was kind of like that um, if anyone played Coke music back in the day, which was like have a hotel, but you made your own remixes of songs and you went into little clubs with your little avatar people and you played tracks to, and then other people gave you a thumbs up. So I could totally see like a modern version of that, but in Fortnite. That would like, I could totally see that being a thing. Yeah, well, anything more interactive than what they currently have. We just turn yeah. this topic into <laughs> Fortnite again. Sorry. <laughs> no, that, that was me. And next up, uh, Microsoft is currently trying to do a merger with Activision Blizzard. And that's currently being sued slash investigated by both the EU and by uh, the Federal Trade Commission in the United States. So it's not looking likely that it's going to go through. But if it does, Microsoft has pledged to bring Call of Duty to Nintendo platforms. So that means the Switch. Uh, how are we feeling about that announcement? Personally, I have always been repelled by Call of Duty. It's military <laughs> propaganda is what it is. I yeah. just haven't had any desire to really play it. That's not to say that I don't have the Call of Duty games. I do, because <laughs> I collect, uh, but I don't play them. And I, I wait till they're five or ten bucks, then I buy them then. And I absolutely never play them. Just a little mea culpa there. Uh, how, how are you two feeling about this? Also indifferent. Yeah, I had Black Ops 1, which I really liked back in the day, but I like when it's more like, has some historical kind of feel to it. Mm. But um, I also feel like most Call of Duty fans, like the hardcore ones, are going to play them on the PC or a higher spec console that has better online services. So I don't yeah. know who this would be for if it was a thing. Well, yeah. it'd be for everyone. I mean, Call of Duty yeah. is the biggest selling franchise out there. Everybody plays it. Well, well I use everybody pejoratively. I mean, not everybody <laughs> plays it. I just said, I don't play it. You two have both confessed to not playing it. But it's it's the mainstream game. It's like, if you want to guess what somebody plays who like isn't like an enthusiast gamer like we are, you can throw a, a dart at a board that says FIFA and Call of Duty on it. It's probably <laughs> going to be one of those two games. <laughs> I was I was about to say FIFA as well. <laughs> yeah. A lot of people play these games. It's the best-selling franchise out there. So I sh I'm sure it would do quite well on Switch, especially if it was just Warzone or whatever their Battle Royale game is called. It's free to download. It's free to play. Ah. So if that came to Switch, I could see that being not necessarily critically acclaimed. I'm sure... Uh, the Twitter sphere, you know, that that whole gamer part of the gamer space would be very critical of it the way they are very critical of... Uh, I've completely forgotten the name of the game now. The uh, the Battle Royale game from the from the uh, Titanfall people. Uh, Apex. Apex, yeah. Like, Apex Legends is on Switch 2, and uh, it, it's not a great port, but apparently people are playing it. I kind of see Warzone going the same way. Yeah, I guess... We're kind of in this new era where the Steam Deck is not directly competing against the Switch, I don't think, but enough where it mm. is kind of worth mentioning that, you know, a lot of people that play COD and want to play handheld might consider a Steam Deck over a Switch to do so. Um, those with money, at least, maybe not kids. I know, I know <laughs> I, kids love their COD. I see the Steam Deck as a very niche product. Like, if you walk around with a Switch, people know what it is. You walk around with a Steam Deck, people are going to be going, what the heck is that? 
And th- that's why Warzone would do well on Switch, because it's a mainstream product, just as Call of Duty is a mainstream product. Like, that was always my thing. I never understood why people were so up in arms about Microsoft buying Activision Blizzard, because that means Call of Duty isn't going to be on PlayStation anymore. What are you talking about? Call of Duty is the most successful video game franchise. Why would Microsoft mess with that? Uh, buy it, and then get the hell out of the way, and let the money flow in. I, I, yeah. just, I I've never saw... Microsoft buying Call of Duty as any kind of threat towards it being a multi-platform. Like, that's what makes it successful. Why would you mess with that? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I think it was more... I I more don't like it because of the whole monopolies are evil kind of thing, but Mm. that's like a totally different ballpark. (laughs) Yeah. Well... Lots of uh, very undynamic takes from us about this. <laughs> <laughs> we can only talk about it in the abstract because we clearly do not care. So no. Yeah, it's very much a, a, a warm, okay then, take. <laughs> Good luck with that. <laughs> so let's move on with what we played this week. I'll start out. I played an older indie game. It's not that old. I think it came out last year in 2021, but it's called K's in the Wild Masks. It's basically a combination of Donkey Kong Country and Kung Fu Panda. Oh. Do you have anything more to say about that? No, just that was such (laughs) a good comparison. Well, I play as Kays, uh, who is a treasure-hunting rabbit who finds this ring in an old ruin and accidentally unleashes the spirit that is inside of it, uh, who is this villain, I think her name is Tempest, and she immediately turns all of the vegetables in the land, and this is a land of, you know, animals, so they live off of vegetables, turns them all into into monsters with giant razor-sharp teeth that start trying to kill everybody. So Kays <laughs> has to go across these platforming levels that play very much like Donkey Kong Country, especially like Tropical Freeze, and uh, stop the monsters and eventually put a stop to Tempest's Rampage. It's a really great game, really solid game, very simple game. It only has two buttons. It has an action button and it has a jump button and then you move with the D-pad and that's the entire game. <laughs> and really it does play so much like Donkey Kong Country. It's almost plagiarism, but they do it so well. I'm willing to give it a lot of slack for that. <laughs> like instead of barrel cannons, there are giant crossbows that uh, K's can touch and get launched into different places and uh, the, the wild masks of the title are where the movement abilities come in like it, instead of partners K's has the wild masks and this is also where the kung fu panda thing comes in because the backstory is about these these monks who are trying to stop Tempest and they, they turn themselves into these magic masks and when K's puts them on she gets their abilities so there's like a shark who can swim underwater there's a tiger who can climb on walls and there's a, a lizard one that makes it so K's can only run forward she loses all ability to stop and that's where the minecart levels from Donkey Kong come in very interesting um. how they managed to pull that off completely different concept yet it plays exactly the same (laughs) i thought this was a great game it's not super long it took me about six hours to uh get all the collectibles except for the time trial tokens because i'm not putting myself through that (laughs) uh case in the wild mass is a fantastic platformer i highly recommend it Mario Kart 8 Deluxe has had its expansion pass 3 released in the past couple days, and Sylvie has had a time to play through that. I personally haven't had time, but that's me. Uh, Sylvie, why don't you go ahead and tell us about those? All right, Mario Kart, my domain. 
-hmm. Wave 3, it follows a, a lot of the pattern that's been established with the other releases where there's three, yeah, three tour tracks, although one of them is an original track and that isn't credited to tour for some reason. And there's a couple of fan favorites in here. Uh, I'm going to go through each one individually, just give a short summary of what I think about them, I guess. Uh, in the Rock Cup, we've got London Loop, which the first time you load in, that map will confuse you. It is just a spider web. But the track itself, quite fun. I wouldn't say it's memorable. You'll recognize some landmarks, like the, the thumbnail has Big Ben in there. I think the London Bridge. If it's called the London Bridge, I think it's not, but whatever. <laughs> I That's not very memorable, obviously, because I can't think of anything else to say about it. The Sydney one, for instance, fantastic. Really fun track. London Loop. Yep. Uh, next up is Boo Lake from the Game Boy Advance uh, Super Circuit. I really like it. It's simple. The Game Boy Advance tracks are really... They're not too far off the Super Nintendo tracks. Uh, this one is just like your, it's at the front of a haunted house. It's a haunted boardwalk, but because it's Boo Lake, half of the track's actually underwater, like the actual boardwalk sunk underwater. So there's, it's making use of the mechanics and it's also just visually interesting. Uh, it won't blow your mind, but it's got a lot of charm and I really like it. Uh, Rock Rock Mountain or Alpine Pass, depending on where you live in the world. I've always known it as Rock Rock Mountain. This one was a 3DS track that really showed off the glider mechanic. It's really vertical. Like when they say mountain, it's not like Choco Mountain where it's around the top of the mountain. Uh, this is actually going up and down the mountain. And this time it actually utilizes anti-gravity when you go up the mountain. And there's, you know, boulders coming down right near the end of the track. Yeah, I was just surprised to see anti-grav used in an area where... Waluigi Pinball was just completely ignored. That, that would have been perfect for Antigrav. I did see a number of impressions online that this set of tracks seemed to make a lot better use of the Mario Kart 8 tool set versus, frankly, the Mario Kart Tour tool set. Yeah. Well, that actually brings us to the next track, Maple Treeway, from uh, Mario Kart Wii, one of my favorite tracks. Mario Kart Wii introduced half-pipe sections where you could, because it was the first game with tricks, so you go over a jump, you do a trick, and they had half pipes specifically for this. And they've actually made their way back to uh, Mario Kart 8 Deluxe. Uh, Maple Treeway is one of the two tracks in this pass off the top of my head that utilizes this. And it also just looks fantastic. Maple Treeway is just one of my favorite tracks. The music, the visuals, and it's utilizing features of Mario Kart. Hell yeah. Berlin <laughs> <laughs> uh, Byways, another city track uh i'd say it's got the best music out of all of the city tracks by far but again it's a european city it's fine it i wouldn't say it's stunning or memorable but it plays well it's got some interesting uh track choices and it does the thing where every lap is different just like london loop but not to the degree where you look at the map and it's like I reckon that's how it would be in London, to be honest. Just look at a map and it's just, where where the hell am I? That's what it feels like. But <laughs> just, yeah, if you ever get around to playing it, let me know how you go. <laughs> how the heck do I get out of Piccadilly Circuit? 
just take the roundabout. I do love your description of the the London one because it like there's some landmarks. It's not very memorable. I'm like ah, so like the real London. Then. <laughs> or maybe I'm biased. Like the Sydney one, the Opera House. You know that's unique. London, it's just like look at that European building. Oh look, another European building. I don't know. Yeah. And I say this with someone with a her- European heritage. The architecture <laughs> would probably be more impressive in person, but in a video game, it's just a little samey. Peach Gardens from uh, Mario Kart DS. Some of them have subtitles, some of them don't, so I get confused. Uh, Peach Gardens was one, probably one of my favourite tracks from the DS. Uh, what I really liked is that there were flower beds that you could take shortcuts through. They seem to be missing from this version, which was a little disappointing. Visually, it's really nice, though. It really does feel a lot more like you're in a actual garden this time. And there's like, what do you call them? They're like hedge statues. There's a name for them. Topiaries? Maybe. <laughs> there's hedges that are trimmed to look like different Mario characters and Peach and everything. What was interesting is that the final lap actually goes backwards. It does like a... it. Puts you in a loop and then puts you backwards, so you're driving directly into traffic at a very specific point. Uh, next up is Merry Mountain. Uh, now, I'm not a huge fan of Christmas in general. Not to the point where I'm a Grinch, but Christmassy <laughs> stuff, it's... I mean, I'm from Australia. We don't have snow for Christmas. It's in the middle of summer, so maybe it's a little bit of resentment. But uh, this is still a gorgeous track. I always like the ones where you're going up and down a hill. Like there was that DK one in um, Double Dash that I really like. Uh, Rock Rock Mountain also has that. But yeah, Merry Mountain's much the same, but it's all Christmassy themed. And it's got the... Since when has trains been a Christmas thing? I don't know. But it's here as well. Yeah. Toy trains around a Christmas tree. That's a thing in the US at least. I, I don't know. Yeah. I've, I've got... Uh, one round mine right now that like go- it actually goes around the tree and it makes a little tune so <laughs> so there you go i wonder if there's such a regional difference then because i i just noticed that in recent years trains have become more associated with christmas and i just went why now i know uh, i think they do the thing as well with this toads in the back and they throw items and coins onto the track but i can't <laughs> remember exactly and last but not least we got our fourth rainbow road track in mario kart 8 deluxe uh, and this time it's the 3DS version. Uh, this is a single lap Ooh. trap. So it's cut into three segments. I love those. Yeah. Uh, I think I, I call them sprint tracks just because it's like you start and finish, but it's all three sections are different. But this is technically a loop. Uh, they did the same thing with N64 Rainbow Road. <laughs> it made it so much better. <laughs> that was bland originally. Yeah. Uh, but the 3DS one is really unique each section has like a different gimmick to it the rainbow road looks stunning by the way it's got this it almost looks like uh i don't know if you have roll-ups like fruit roll-ups around the world oh yeah 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 Yeah. we call we call them fruit winders oh okay (laughs) lickable wallpaper for nursery walls (laughs) the (laughs) snozberries tastes like snozberries that's what the texture reminds me of it's like a little bit transparent um but it also has this sort of, it's like an animated texture that kind of moves towards the camera. So it makes it look like you're going a lot faster when you're actually in motion. But there's a point where you're, you're driving along one of Saturn's rings. It's not really Saturn, but 
and along the surface of the moon you could do tricks of the craters on the moon i think there's rockets in there somewhere it's a really unique rainbow road i quite like it i don't know if i have a rain favorite rainbow road i i never liked the one that came in eight originally it just felt like a space station which is okay then i mean this is in space but at least it feels like it's thematic to a, a rainbow road through space i don't know i'm not making sense i like it <laughs> we got four rainbow roads now and people have been suggesting that the spiny cup which is in wave six should just be the other four rainbow roads uh that would be <laughs> hell i would not be at all surprised if by the time they're done releasing all the track packs if all the rainbow roads are now in in the game this is the first dlc rainbow road for deluxe at least because the original game had um, mm. its own Rainbow Road and N64. And then the yeah. deal, original DLC had SNES or Super Nintendo Rainbow Road. And now we've got 3DS Rainbow Road. So yeah, they'd have to fit four Rainbow Roads in here. <laughs> I don't know if they'd fit. I'd have to look them up, replay them. I don't know if there's any tracks left that I'm really gunning for now. They've got all of my favorites in here. Maybe Wario Stadium from N64. I'd like to see what a revamped version of that would look like, but I'm pretty happy with this wave. I think, you know, they, they could stop now and I'd be happy. But the fact that there's more is just incredible. They're only halfway through. <laughs> <laughs> um, and with this update, there were a couple of other... Um, just looking at the patch notes. I think the, the most important other thing that they... Um, added in this update is the ability to change what items appear in versus mode finally turn the damn blue shells off yeah or if you like my friends only have blue shells on <sighs> yeah you, you can do some very silly things <laughs> i've already seen videos of people just playing with baby park like nothing but baby park and bullet bills uh. it's like uh. <laughs> okay bullet bills aren't the worst <laughs> if it were if it was baby park with just blue shells i would yeah. not talk to you anymore <laughs> i feel baby park's bad enough on its own but then just thank nothing you but, uh, i don't like baby park i don't know why it's so popular it's the worst racetrack they've ever made <laughs> it's so bad it's so bad it's just nascar with prams um <laughs> <laughs> but the, the fact that they're adding features makes me hopeful that what I'd really like to see is a playlist function to say, I want to play all the tracks from Super Nintendo or all of the snow tracks. Yeah. And just put them in a playlist or custom cups or anything. Just like the Rainbow Road Cup, because yeah. you can do a Rainbow Road Cup now. Something like that would be so good if you could just at least filter what tracks you play through. We're getting so many new tracks to this game. It's 48 new tracks, isn't it? That's incredible. I can't complain. I'm already paying for the Nintendo Switch Online thing. I think that the art style that they've landed on suits Mario Kart better than the original stuff. Like, a lot of these new... Well, I, when I say new, I mean newly released for Mario Kart 8 Deluxe. They feel more memorable than the originals to me. Hmm. If you already got the um, booster course pass, you, you got them. Just download them, play them. If you don't like them, oh well. 
<laughs> there'll be more <laughs> soon. 24, yeah. If you don't like them, demand a refund. <laughs> Complain on Twitter. <laughs> it always works. <laughs> I work for Star Wars. And Sonic. Sonic. <laughs> <laughs> now, Sonic was redeemed by the uh, Chip and Dale movie. Everything's all right now. Yeah. Okay, the fact they got Tim Robinson to play him was perfect. <laughs> all right, next up, I played Tinykin, which is a indie 3D platformer. Uh, it looks like it's an indie Pikmin style game, but in practice, it's really not. I play as a character named Milladane, who is a archaeologist on another planet who has this theory about where humans really came from. So he travels to where he believes humans came from, and he finds there just an absolutely colossally huge house, which is filled with bugs. And the bugs are very friendly. They're very, uh, uh, they're, they're very religious about this man uh, who supposedly still lives in the house and still keeps things running. And I have to go around the house doing all kinds of favors for these bugs uh, with the help of some creatures called Tinykin. They come in different colors. There's the pink ones that are super strong. They can pick things up and move them. There's red ones that explode when you throw them at things. And there's uh, green ones who can stack on top of each other and you can climb them like a ladder. Now, it sounds like Pikmin. Even the name Tinykin sounds like Pikmin. But in practice, it's really much more like a 3D platformer. You're just running around these giant rooms in this house as this little guy who's like maybe a few centimeters tall. And you're trying to solve all kinds of puzzles for the different bug characters. Like there's one where you have to restore a toy electric stock car racetrack you have to find all the parts and put them back together hidden around the room and there's another one where you have to find your way into a, a terrarium and rebuild a frog skeleton and they're all just mystified by this mysterious creature they've never seen before it's really funny <laughs> but the way that you're doing these things like you do need the tiny kin to get them done but it doesn't really play the way Pikmin does. Like where Pikmin, you have to select a certain group of your Pikmin and throw them at a task you want done. Then you have to wait for it to happen. It takes a certain amount of time. That's not the way Tinykin works at all. Like it, 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 Except when you're moving things from place to place, which is totally automated. You don't even really have to do very much to make that happen. You just say you want it to happen. And then a few seconds later, it'll be done. And as far as like, building bridges and knocking down walls and things like that you don't really do those activities at all it's much more like a super mario 64 style 3d platformer and the tinykin are like a currency like you know you need a certain number of power stars to get a door open in tinykin you need a certain number of tinykin to get a, a task done like you if you want to get to the top of the terrarium you have to climb up there with uh, green tinykin so you have to go around the map and find that number of tinykin and then you can make that ladder to get up that high i think that's the best way i can describe how different it is it's a great game i enjoyed the heck out of it uh, it's only about eight hours long to do almost everything in it uh, I, I played it on game pass just full disclosure um, and it's brilliant there it runs at full fps and has really bright, vibrant colors. And when I was playing it, I was like, how is this game on Switch? Because I just, I don't see with these huge rooms and all the 
sometimes dozens and dozens of creatures on screen. I just don't see how this is running on Switch. So thankfully there is a Switch demo, which I played. And definitely the colors aren't as vibrant and the frame rate is not as high. I definitely, I could see the performance difference between the two. The Switch is not the ideal place to play this game, but I, I could still see myself enjoying it there. But I'm definitely glad I played it on Xbox instead. <laughs> but it, the Switch version is an option if you're interested. It's a very good game, and I can only imagine the Switch port impacts that a little bit. But I highly recommend this one as well. Now we've had the big update for Splatoon 3 Big Run, which we've seen a little video of in a number of Nintendo Directs so far this year, uh, but we haven't actually seen it in action or really know what's going on until now. Uh, <laughs> Rosalie has played Big Run at least. I'd be surprised if Sylvie hasn't. Oh, uh, i to be surprised. I haven't. Uh, oh my <gasps> god. <laughs> I know. Just haven't. Okay, well, Rosalie... <laughs> I will also say I haven't played as much of it as I would have wanted to. Mm. It's literally just um, Salmon Run, but in the actual levels that you're used to playing Turf Wars in. It's not you... in the town? I, it looked like it was in the town in the trailers. No, so the town changes, kind of like, you know, when you have the Splatfests on, how the, like, just the environment will change a little bit. The sky has that kind of red glow that the Salmon Run kind of has anyway, just to, you know, show you that Big Run is on. But you go to the um, Salmon Run area and you can select Big Run as an option. And it takes you to, um, I can't remember the names of specific levels. So I played in the one that has that movable platform in the middle. It's Wahoo World, I believe. Right, okay, yeah. (laughs) Um, And basically the basket was there and it was the three matches, like Salmon Run. And sometimes it'd be more flooded, which was actually kind of cool to see like levels you kind of know a bit inside and out but they're like oh no i can't go there there's like water everywhere ah and because it's a bigger air like surface area because salmon on stages tend to be small they do open up sometimes there's a lot more going on uh it, it's actually quite i found it quite difficult also because there's more space the teams i felt were a bit better equipped because you could there was more space to like run away and kind of gather kill off some of the salmon and make it a bit easier but yeah it's essentially salmon run but in the main stages um i haven't like done i haven't gone back to see if there's like a midday update because i played yesterday not today but there's also been a huge update there's like new weapons there's new stages there's a general like upgrade to the game to make it better which you can look at the patch notes for and the new catalog is out as well so there's like loads of splatoon stuff but yeah i thought big run would be a bit bigger but I'm thinking it's mainly a mode to have when a, they don't want to do a Splatfest one month. So it'll probably maybe come back in a month that they're not going to do a Splatfest. It'd be cool if it was like Big Run and Splatfest the other month and they kind of did that on rotation. I don't think they're going to do that. But yeah, when I played it, it was literally just Salmon Run, but on the stages that you already know. Hmm. Yeah, it sounded a little underwhelming, which, why, which is why I was excited for it at first and then I just kind of realised... I've played so much Salmon Run already. I don't know if I yeah. want to play more. Underwhelming is the exact word I was thinking of. Yeah, they could have done a lot more with it. And I'm also kind of bummed there's not like a kind of Christmassy themed Splatfest because I think I actually would have preferred that, to be honest. And I was kind of thinking as well, like with the update, they could have made it so there was like snow and the little like hub area and some, you know, 
fairy lights, but there's like not. <laughs> so I'm like, oh. <laughs> yeah, it feels like they got halfway towards understanding what makes a live service game feel alive. Yeah. They're on the right track, but they haven't nailed the landing. They still won Best Multiplayer at the Game Awards, at least. That part's fine. Which I actually thought was kind of cool. But yeah. like, th- this is meant to be the chill season, so we got this new catalogue. Mm-hmm. But what does that mean? Mm-hmm. Ma- maybe yeah, I've just yeah. been spoiled by Fortnite. I was going to say Fortnite, yeah. <laughs> yeah, there's always stuff going on, and there's always like themes to what season it is, and it's always... Like Dead by Daylight does that too. Obviously, in Halloween they go all out, but they have like Christmas outfits right now, and there's snowmen in the levels that you can hide in and things like that. And I kind of just wish they would go all out a little bit rather than play it safe. But oh well. Yeah, we'll see. Hopefully next year, because um, they have done mm. Halloween and Christmas themed yes Blackfest before. Maybe they don't want to do it's multiple, Batumin. so they might be saving them for next year. That's my hope. Yeah, good point. Okay, so <laughs> that's Salmon Run or Big Run. Sounds like it's a letdown. Hmm, a little bit. All right. In my defense, though, I have just came off completing Pokemon Violet, and that was like, the ending was really cool. So I was like, oh, and I was in that kind of like, oh, games are magical and amazing. And then I played Big Run, and I'm like, oh. Sometimes. (laughs) It's a live service game. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so when we... Do our next episode, that'll be our year-end episode. It won't be a regular episode, so we won't be talking about any, probably many new games. We, we still could, but only if they come up in the course of the episode. We won't be back until sometime in January. What games are we planning to play in that time? Anything right. you are aspiring to play? <laughs> I mean, I'm hoping to clean my backlog. Uh, I've already started on some... Games on other platforms like Yakuza. Yeah. Fortnite is always a staple at this point. They just added Doom Guy, which has been what I've been wanting forever. <laughs> but more on the topic of Nintendo, I always try to challenge myself to get gold cups on every single new mm-hmm. course, uh, whatever, DLC in Mario Kart, including on Reverse and 200. So Yeah, and there's the, there's the time trial ghost too. Don't forget about them. Uh, I am going to forget about them. <laughs> <laughs> but that's how you unlock Gold Mario. <laughs> I've already got Gold Mario. Oh. It, it, the DLC doesn't influence any unlocks. So it'd just be for, you know, in my head, I'd know that I did it. <laughs> <laughs> well, if you are a single player Mario Kart 8 player, don't forget about the time trial ghost. There's a, a whole new world of... Uh, you know, single-player content to be explored there. I think if you beat the the best one, it unlocks an even harder one, doesn't mm-hmm. it? Yes, yeah, you, yeah, it does. Yeah, no thanks. <laughs> <laughs> Rosalie, any plans for the break? Nintendo-wise, um, more Dreamlight Valley because they just have their kind of holiday-themed update that's got the Toy Story characters in it too. In general. And I'll kind of mention games that are also on the Switch, so it's kind of relevant. Uh, Crisis Core comes out really soon, um, which is a prequel to Final Fantasy VII, which is Final Fantasy Mm -hmm. VII. It's my favourite game of all time, and Crisis Core was my favourite PSP game when it originally came out. Um, But I'll have to wait till Christmas Day to play it. Uh, But I'm really excited about that. And I'm finishing Sonic Frontiers, which I'm also really enjoying. And whatever Santa might bring. I've been told that maybe the Splatoon amiibos are 
um, coming from Santa's workshop, so I could actually talk about them when we come back to. Yeah, I've got them as well. We can chat about them. Oh, and Somnium Files too. <laughs> I got I got it for my birthday mainly because it comes with a really cool anime figure, and I forget that it came with the game as well. <laughs> so I'm gonna try and get that played too. Christmas is a really busy time for games, so it's hard to like know exactly what you're gonna play. Well, for me, uh, my goals are Octopath Traveler. I'd like to have that finished before the end of the year, and Near Tomata. Oh, same goal. I'd like that done before the end of the year. I'll play. Probably play Pokemon in January after Octopath Traveler is over. Finally, uh, be able to give that my full attention. And then there's all the other games that I've bought <laughs> during this new <laughs> release season that I have not had time to play. Crisis Core is out on Tuesday, I think. I have that pre-ordered. Yeah. It's coming. Got Dragon Quest Treasures yesterday. No mm. idea when I'm going to have time to play that. Really, it's just an embarrassment of riches but at the same time uh, an embarrassment of my folly <laughs> I, I bought all these things with no plan or time to play them fire emblem warriors three hopes i grabbed that i don't know Yay. why i'm not gonna play it until after i play three houses and i i still have no desire to play three houses uh, tetris effect connected that's supposed to be a short game i might be able to get through that Got the Assassin's Creed Ezio collection for super cheap. Um, Diablo 2 Resurrected. I got that while it was on sale during the Black Friday sale. Just for total coverage, you know, I bought the double pack on Pokemon. So even though I started one of them, technically I do have two to play. <laughs> That'll never happen. But oh, no. technically, <laughs> technically I have a second one of those. Four Tales, a card-based narrative journey, is one of the indie games I wanted to play this year. Still haven't made time for that. Uh, let's see here. I'm just going down my list. <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll edit this so it sounds better than it does right now. Harvestella, I got that. Haven't even started that yet. Mario plus Rabbit Sparks of Hope. Got two Tales from the Borderlands games I bought. Haven't even started them yet. Persona 5 Royal, of course. I will get to that sometime in 2023. <laughs> And then they released the other two Persona games. Yeah, th those are supposed to be out in January. Uh, I'm probably going to get those when they're on sale with gold coins instead of buying them right away because apparently they're not doing physical versions of those. That really sucks. But maybe if I wait to buy them, they will put out physical versions of them. Fingers crossed. But if they're going digital only, I'm going to wait till I can get them for more than half off. Anyway, so many games I bought with no time or plan on when I'm going to play them because I'm just like, ooh, that looks good. Pre-order. <laughs> the gamer way. Yeah. I, I do it every year, so I, I really... I, sh I should quit being surprised and disgusted with myself. Every October, just <laughs> the, the maelstrom starts coming in. <laughs> but I, I do need to make more of an effort to play them after I bought them. But that's my plan for the break, anyway. So tune in for our next episode, which will be our end-of-the-year episode. Thanks for listening to this episode of Enfocus. If you enjoyed this episode, please leave us a review on iTunes. It really helps us get noticed. You can also listen and subscribe on Stitcher, Spotify, and other podcast services. Also make sure to check out our sister shows, PlayState and Power of X. Be sure to join our Discord server, where you can interact with the lively and popular community. 
You can follow us on Twitter, YouTube, and at GamePodular.com for updates, news, and other content. The links for all of these are in the show notes. If you'd like to support our shows, you can buy us a coffee or become a GamePodular Patreon. The details for both of these are on our website. Thanks in advance. This episode was edited by Andrew. You can follow him on Twitter at PlayCritically, and his long-form reviews can be found at PlayCritically.com. You can follow myself at twitch.tv forward slash sylvietori, and Rosalie can be found on Twitter at lilrecordgirl.